stories, real stories from real midwives. This is Head On View. Day in the life. <laughs> she said, What? These are our stories. Welcome to Head On View, and I'm Carly. This is Laura. So it's just us two for the episode. Penny is doing life stuff, but we are not alone. We have Jessica and Zana from Nourished Nurse. So say hi, ladies. Hello. Hello. Start at the beginning. Like, tell us your story. What type of nursing you do, how you girls met, and yeah. yeah. Everything. Tell us everything. Okay, how deep do you want to go? I started off doing ICU nursing, so... I did my new grad in ICU um, and I continued through ICU for the the last four years and just really wanted to change to do something different. So I decided to do travel nursing. I also went through a large breakup and just thought um, I want to do something super different. So I started travel nursing and I went to Griffith and Wagga and then Jess had been doing it for the last three years. I've only been doing it for one year. And then we actually happened to meet in Grafton, which was we were working in a jail at the time. Um, Yeah, we randomly met there. I just decided that we... We're, like we found out we were so, so similar and we had the exact same interests and the exact same desires about everything that we wanted to do. We wanted to create a platform that was for everyone, not necessarily just nurses, but everyone in general to cover physical health, mental health, sexual health, everything like that. We wanted to kind of combine our forces and create something that was for everyone. And so we just, yeah, we kind of just both had such a passion for it and we just decided to do it together and we thought why not we'll just do this thing together it's always easier with someone else as well so yeah it was super different for us to both be in correctional nursing Jess had obviously done something so different as well so yeah I'll hand it over to Jess to tell you where she came from <laughs> yeah so um yeah so I've been nursing for about six years before I started to do agency nursing I definitely felt like I didn't have enough experience to do it but I had a bit of heartbreak before um, making the decision which definitely helped me I don't know, get out of my comfort zone. Like I needed that kind of push to do that because doing agency nursing comes, you need to, a little bit of a push, I feel. I decided to give the crack and I did a, I did an agency contract to just to get away from my life. <laughs> get away, run away. Because I was like, I just need, I just need a break. Like I was, I was from Perth, WA and I just had this, yeah, horrendous breakup and I just felt extremely I don't know. It's all over the place. And I was like, you know, how do how can I get away, but also earn some income, you know? Yeah. And I decided to do an agency contract and that's kind of what gave me that motivation. I did my first contract and absolutely fell in love with it. I never, I've still not returned to Perth three and a half years later. I'll um, never return to Perth. Sorry, <laughs> Perth people. <laughs> I'm from awesome. Perth as well. And I can't even get back there at the moment, but yeah, exactly. that's where all my family is. I've tried three there. times. I can't get back. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah, we're all in the same boat. So um, through my journey, I I actually wrote a bucket list of like all these things that I wanted to achieve in my life. And I think I wrote my first bucket list when I was in high school. And I was, yes, so long ago. And I remember like looking down your list and I was like, oh, cool, I've done like all this stuff. Like I looked at both your lists and I was like, oh, yeah, I've been to India. I've worked in Africa. Like I was like, oh, it's so cool. (laughs) I've never made a bucket list. Ah, you need to. You need to. Well, I feel like having spawn, or let's call them children, change your bucket list. Your your bucket list sort of becomes a little bit like according to the kids. I, I did get a divorce three years ago. That wasn't on my bucket list. You know what? You can still make a bucket list, girlfriend. 
I'm going to make it, maybe I'll make a bucket list because I, I do have a new husband and he's wonderful and Carly can attest to that. Yeah, the same, like I had to get away from Melbourne lockdowns too much. So I've been travel midwifing um, <laughs> since March. So yeah. So good. I've been dealing with lockdowns for ever. Forever. It's, it's, you know what? It's getting to the point where no one in the hospital, like no one in management says hello to you anymore. They're like, mask, visor, watch, ring. That's what a manage, manager said to me the other day. I left a tele booth, video booth, to go to the toilet. You can catch COVID from the tele booth to the toilet. Yeah, yeah, um, sure. <laughs> and yeah. Um, I just didn't have a visor on, like, because I'm in a booth. I had a mask on and I walked past and all she said was visor. Communication skills. We're, we're all over that at work. I turned around and I was like, hi, how are you? How's your day been? And she just glared at me. <laughs> oh dear. No, that's bad. So I feel like here it's become more of a, we're just so tired. Yeah. Everyone's, everyone's over it. Yeah. And I would yeah. love to travel nurse. Yeah. No, well, I'm not a nurse. I would love to travel midwife. But you can travel midwife. I travel midwife. There's heaps of travel midwife out there. So much. I, I would, but you know, the spawn are like fourteen and ten, and they sort of need me. So when your girl said you worked in correctional nursing, so how is that? I mean, I assume it's very different to just you know working in a hospital nursing. Oh, I didn't expect it to be such a hard place to work, to be honest. But we pretty much we do medication rounds in the morning and in the evening, so we go into these little neighborhoods, they call them, where they have different areas for different inmates. And you go and run a medication round from a window, a tiny, tiny little window. Um, and you give out medications through there that can take anywhere between half an hour to an, an hour and a half. And then you pretty much, it, it's pretty much like primary healthcare, like very straight by the book, primary healthcare, except the inmates. So you pretty much do everything you would do in a normal primary healthcare setting. You do yeah. dressings, you do bloods, um, bloods, yeah. You blood do pressure checks, anything like, like that. You know, if they've got diabetics, you do sugar yeah. level checks. You do all those things. You got to add people to the GP list. Like some people have pre-existing. We have a lot of Aboriginals that are obviously in the correctional setting, and you have to be very mindful of the health conditions such as diabetes and high pressure things like that. So you have to make sure they're getting cared for, and also a lot of people are on lithium for mood disorders and, and antipsychotics, yeah. oh. and they actually have to get proper. Proper checks, you know, we have to do their blood pressure, their bloods and look at their yeah, toxicity level. Yeah. Like, yeah, there's a lot of things that you have to do in your day. And then the afternoon round actually is the most horrendous part because you do your afternoon rounds and all of a sudden inmates don't want to be put back into their cells and that's when they want to riot. And that's when they want to cause problems. And you're trying to go home, finish your med round, but you're dealing with code blues and code blacks. So hang on, is a code blue the same as a code blue in a hospital? Yeah. 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 It's like okay. Assault. Normally, it's mainly either process or self harm, and they usually do it right before lock in. So when they're going to get locked in for the night between five and eight a.m., like they're going to get locked in, and they always do it yeah. then. <laughs> and when you when you have to do blood, obviously you've got needles with you. I worked briefly in a correctional facility that was part of a public hospital in Melbourne, but as an orthotist and a prosthetist, and I always had very sharp tools with me. And I would always have two security guards in the room. Is it the same for you? Yeah, you need to be escorted. If you're going to take your needles down to the facility, you need to be mm. escorted with an officer down there, and there always needs to be an officer in the room while you're doing those bloods. Yeah, but um, in saying yeah. that, you do have to make the initiative yourself and actually say, hello, 
I'm about to do some bloods. I need an officer with me while I'm doing this because they don't necessarily know what you're doing. They're, yeah, they're, they're, they're busy yeah. doing their officer role, right? And there are some nurses out there that be like, I, I don't get any support, blah, blah, blah. But you actually have to say to them, hello, like I'm about to do this. Is it okay within your schedule or would you like me to do it in the afternoon? Like you've got to talk to them about what they're doing because they're so busy trying to organize court appointments and you know abl which is like those tv appointments with their lawyers and they are actually so ridiculously busy and you have to talk to them and say okay this is my task for the day i've got to do four lots of bloods i've got to do some blood pressures i've got to do this 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 what is a good time for you guys and then you kind of liaise with your officers at the same time and then you make a decision of when you're going to do it sometimes you're so busy and they're so busy like you're doing something and then the officers get you know they get sidetracked and they walk away and you're like oh yeah okay no worries (laughs) and that and that does happen and the same time you've got a dress on you a dress means like obviously if it's upright it, it doesn't cause any alarm but if it's any if it's tilted to the side or if it falls off you at any point um, it'll alarm and the entire oh. so say there's 1700 inmates right and there's a lot of staff so every single staff member will get alerted on the radio code black code black man down if your if your dress is tilted yeah even if i bend down to do something yeah so you have to like learn to squat <laughs> this way yeah i was because gonna say sorry. when you're doing blood you really have to put yourself yes. in a <laughs> so you have position. to be mindful of your dress and it, i mean i've caused a lot of code blacks zana's caught a lot like, we've both caused a lot of code blacks you just reply pretty pretty swiftly and say i'm all right like you respond on the radio like i'm okay and then yeah. you have to get a second call out so the officer that's with you is like i'm watching nurse jess she's upright and standing she's okay and yes. so you feel very protected. So you've got your dress on you and then you've also yeah. got a radio. So yeah, you feel very, you feel quite safe. Yeah. If someone's going to tackle me down, my dress is one going to save me. But also if I say on my radio, help me, help me, they'll actually track my radio and figure out where I am. And there's oh, cameras wow. everywhere. It's like a big brother house. <laughs> Literally, we call it the big brother house, right? You've got master control, which is watching you from above, and then you've got central control. So there are people, like you go to a door to go open the door and they will unlock it because they can see that you're approaching it because they're watching you. They are watching you. very cool. As a nurse in a correctional setting, we're quite limited with the amount of time that we can actually have with the inmates because in one neighbourhood that we would be dealing with, there could be between two and 300 inmates. They're all men. They're all very... Um, wanting of a female attention like they all want your attention and they all have needs that they feel like need to be addressed more than anyone else's so say they've got a, a little tiny cut on their arm you know that needs to be addressed that's the most important thing in their whole wide world and why don't we care about it and it was very hard to deal with I worked in intensive care for a long time and it's definitely the hardest job I've ever done yeah. working in corrections so you know how um how we're what shows like Grey's Anatomy and stuff like that and we'll be like that's so unrealistic blah 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 have you ever watched Wentworth yes how does that compare is it just totally like that is not how it is in a prison or are you like yeah <laughs> the warden of the jail would never end up in that jail like that would never happen in a way it's similar you have like people that uh like the the head officers and the functional managers and things like that but you but it's, it is very very different in the same way the off, i mean 
in a, in some way, the offices are, offices are quite close with inmates like they are in those kinds of shows. So it is definitely based off reality in some sense, but those shows are always obviously extra yeah. dramatised. Yeah. So the, I've never thought of Australia having a strong gang culture. Yeah, comparing it to America is different, but there yeah. definitely is a lot of gangs and a lot of like wow. very, very high up people in, especially like Mexican, even like they're not necessarily Australian gangs, but they are from Mexican descent or they're from Italian descent and they have these little gangs. Definitely. Drugs play play a big power in prison. Yeah. And sometimes they actually come to prison for actual work. Yeah, they come to work. Like they actually come to prison for, say, six months and they plan that because they have a a job that they need to do while they're in prison to make all that money. They they see drugs in or they've got people. Like they actually do because – a part of our job as well is like we do our medication around, we do the primary health care, but we also do like admissions of every single inmate that comes in. So fresh off the street, we do an admission for a reception screening assessment. And we talk about their health, their mental health, every single thing, right? It's a holistic approach to talking about them as the nurse. And we then make the decision on where we house these people. So if they say to us like, I'm so terrified, like I want to kill myself, I just, I, I don't even know what I'm going to do. Then we put them in a protection unit where they're going to get surveillance and they're going to be watched every half an hour because they're at high risk of suicide. And that's like a lot of people that come into prison, they're so scared and frightened because they've like never been in that setting before. But there are some people that come in and they're so confident and they will say to you, they're like, mate, they're like, miss, we're just going to make money. I'm here for six months and I'm going to make about $2 million. And yeah. Okay, I need me a new job. <laughs> I'm clearly in the wrong profession. I'm just saying. Yeah. Well, I mean, they've done this their whole life, you know, yeah. and they, they know people and they know so many people and I don't know what they're doing, but I'm like, and I, me and Zana are very, um, we're really good at talking to inmates. You know, we talk to them on a real level. We're like, hey, mate, how's it going? And we like, we joke with them. We're like, oh, here you are again, you know, a month later, what the hell? <laughs> and um you know they're really honest with us and they'll say oh yeah you gotta make a living miss and you're like yeah well i don't think you can make a living here and they're like well this is how i make a living by being in prison and we're like what okay. do you what do you do like this is so fascinating <laughs> like how long did you manage to get along in that setting before you like started twitching <laughs> oh not long it takes you it takes you at least six weeks to get used to it to be yeah. honest, then we both did two contract, like two extended contracts. So mm-hmm. I was there for a total of four months and Jess actually was there for six months. So I was well, 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 well done by four months. <laughs> well done. Yeah. But okay. It, it's such great money that we stuck it out and we thought we're going to stay here for this amount of time. We're going to stay here for this eight weeks and then we're going to plan this epic road trip. And we're going to do this amazing trip because we are going to be so exhausted by the time we finish. So we were really, really exhausted by the time we ended. And it's definitely not something that you can, I mean, there's definitely people that work there long-term, but it's not something that I personally could do long-term. It's very tough. And I feel like I don't suit correctional nursing long-term because I am just such a trustworthy person. And yes. unfortunately, the people that I'm surrounded by is I need I need to be, I don't like to be manipulated and they, they do do that. And I've been caught out numerous times before where, I've trusted somebody and they have betrayed that trust. You know, I was doing a simple dressing on somebody, for example, and I've turned around to the bin and then turned back and a pair of my tweezers are gone. And I'm like, where are my tweezers? And they've literally stolen them. And I'm oh. like, you know, it's just such simple things that you don't think about when you're traditional nursing. Yeah. And yeah, it's just, it's exhausting having to think like that all the time and be kind of on your edge all the time. 
I don't like that. I want to get back to traditional nursing. I will definitely do correctional again as an agency, but I would not do it full time because it just yeah. doesn't suit my personality. Yeah. Has it changed your practice in what you do now? I feel like yeah, it has. Yeah, definitely. So. Like everyone has a story and everyone has a background. And to be honest, I'm really proud of myself in correctional settings because I did treat every single inmate the same that I would in a hospital setting. And that's what I, what I wanted to prove to myself is, you know, like you can't judge them. Yes, they're an inmate. Yes, they've done some really horrible things, but everyone is human. And as a role of a nurse is I have to treat everyone the same. Yeah. And I'm really proud of myself for doing that. So that was a good, I don't know, a, a really amazing experience for to go yeah. through. Because it's yeah. hard. So once you, know, you, once, you left, once you left the correctional facility, what did you guys do? How did you start your trip? What, what were your plans? Well, I guess we had a we had eight-week contract booked in. So we had an end date and we knew when we, when we were finishing. So we just kind of started to plan through that. We had an eight-week contract. We planned through that eight-week contract what we we're going to do, and we decided we're going to have eight weeks off. And um, we originally thought we we're going to go all the way around to Alice Springs, so we actually had a job booked in in Alice Springs. Um, but just because of the borders and everything like that, we actually withdrew our contracts from Alice Springs just because it's all the stuff that's happening with COVID. Like every single state is going to be locked down imminently and we didn't want to be stuck in Alice Springs literally in the middle of Australia there by ourselves so we we decided to withdraw that contract and we just decided we're going to travel all about the east coast um and then we would come back down to Brisbane and we're going to try and have a little home base for a little while and decide to do some contracts out of Brisbane and still do our travel nursing but just take a little bit of a break from traveling so much because we literally live out of our cars 24 7. I feel yeah so I've got well I actually came to Tasmania for a three-week holiday that was the initial plan and then we were going to travel myself and my husband up the coast and start um, doing travel work up there but then we were like oh I had such a great time in Tassie like I'll see if there's work down here. I didn't know that midwives were such high demand down here. Yeah, like we've been here since March, like, and I'm living off of like three weeks stuff that I packed for my holiday. (laughs) That's it. (laughs) Like, that's my life. And then like the rest of our stuff, because we packed up our house, we sold our house in Melbourne and we've got a few things in a storage facility. But other than that, the same, like we, all our stuff we own, like basically is in our car and I've got like a couple of suitcases of clothes still in Melbourne. I love that. Yeah. But I did want to ask um, you ladies a question because I saw you had the rooftop tents and we were like debating that for so long. And then I was like, the thing is I'm really clumsy. I'm the type of person who would like fall down the ladder and, you know, smack my face or something. (laughs) So how are you finding the rooftop tents? Like especially if you need to pee in the middle of the night. I did I did squash my toe in the middle of the ladder last night, though, so that wasn't very fun. So I am one of those people also who is very, very, very clumsy. I've rolled my ankle on this trip. I think I've broken my toe and now she I've fell squashed. down the stairs as well. Like, I've squashed my toe. She, she, we need to just get rid of her entire right foot, I feel. <laughs> she, I'm just I like, thought you were going to say, we need to get rid of her. Just get yeah, rid of her. No, not, not entirely, just the foot. <laughs> just the foot, just the foot. Like her toes, her ankle, it's just messed up. It's just messed up. But they so are, how, many, how many contracts have you done since you've started? Probably done roughly six or seven contracts. Yeah, I've, I've done three places, but I've extended contracts in two of those places. So I guess I've done okay. five contracts altogether, but only three locations. And you guys have done contracts together or just the correctional oh, one? We met in March. Yeah. yeah, we haven't actually known each other that long. We just kind of got along super quickly and we were like, let's do this thing together. So we actually haven't known each other that long, but it feels like we've known each other a lifetime. We're just... I know. 
We spend the 24 7. I've been with together. this girl 24 7 since March. I'll tell you. <laughs> oh, and you know what? That makes a difference. Same. I'd only known my now husband for like three weeks and I moved to Australia. So, you know, the thing is, when you spend like 24 hours a day with someone, I feel like it just enhances your knowledge of them. It's like you've known them, you know, forever, not just. Definitely, definitely. Yeah, I think you'd have to have a really strong bond to do that. I yeah. couldn't do it with my husband. I'd kill him. But that's okay. That's okay. We know that. <laughs> Leave each other at the end of the night. We have some We have some time alone. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you've got separate tents. That's good. <laughs> so when you found you've been picking your contracts, is there anything, have you just kind of been calling your agent being like, oh, what have you got? Or have you been like, oh, I really want to go to this place? Or, you know, what have your sort of preferences been? Yeah. A combination of both, really. Mm-hmm. Um, we are quite, I, I was quite open with my contract when I was doing it before and I was like, really, I'm open to anything. Like, whatever you kind of think within this area or this time frame, like, just let me know. We actually both specifically asked for Alice Springs and they pretty much connected us. It wasn't even on the job board and they connected us straight to Alice Springs. So it can work in both ways. You can either ask them directly to, to reach out to a hospital and see if they need people or you can look on the job board and see what's there and kind of pick what you want. I've always told my agency that like I love learning new experiences and I've said to them like I love to be near the coast so if you can find something coastal that's amazing but you know my agency will just call me and say we've got this contract in this place this is the feedback we've had like this is great experience do you want it and I'll say yes or no. Are you both with the same agency so it's easy for you to go oh we both want to go yeah here together yeah. Yeah that's good. Yeah, there's pretty much like two main agencies really that have the most jobs. So we're, we're both hired by both of those agencies and, and can get jobs from either of them. So it's pretty good. Yeah, that's what I found is there's so many, well, I found there's like heaps of agencies and they're just, they're all like vying for you. They all like want you to work for them. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes it's like you, you throw it out there that you want to work and then they're just like lock stuff in straight away. And I'm like, whoa, you know, I'm a bit of a commitment for it. I'm like, you know, calm down. I need to like compare my offers and see what else is out there. Now, I did see um, that you said you had worked in Tasmania. Whereabouts did you work down here? I worked in Burnie and I was an ED. And honestly, oh, those people in ED are bloody amazing. Like I actually miss every single one of those nurses there they were just such a good team and Burnie's so beautiful like it's such um my sister-in-law works as an uh, ONG reg in Tassie and she was in Burnie for ages and she loved it yeah so they're looking for midwives up there as well now so it's like do I stay in Hobart do I go to Burnie and I've just been here since my, I just kept extending my contract and then I was going to finish up in September and maybe head Darwin hadn't really locked anything in but now well, you know then all the lockdown started happening again and I was like you know what maybe we'll stay here no masks no lockdowns we have to wear visors and masks I did my stint I worked at the airport so you know I've done my full PPE yeah you know the PPE journey it is it is long and strong Yeah, you get a lot of face marks, uh, a lot of extra wrinkles. And the acne, man, the, the pimples that come out. Oh, of yes. Mind. Now, I saw that you girls were starting a podcast as well. Do you want to have a little, give it a little plug, like tell us about what that's going to be about? Um, well, it's actually called Keep Your Gin Up. So it's like kind of a play on nursing and just lifestyle in general. We didn't want it to be specifically targeted just towards the medical side because we do so much else with our lives like other than doing nursing and we love sharing all of our knowledge so we thought we'd just kind of make it a bit more broad and it's more about nursing as well as lifestyle dating on the road everything like that so 
we kind of we have we've only done an intro and like a little um, update on what we've done in the last 21 days on our trip but we're going to start having some guest speakers um, and things like that in the future so we're trying to just spend a bit more time on the content of that and figuring out what we want and how we want to present it and things so yeah, yeah we're really excited about so good. it so much fun I know yeah. we realize that um our stories are quite are quite powerful for people we didn't really yeah. realize like when we met each other and we each told out we told each other like our big stories about our backgrounds it really connected us mm. and then we've told other people and we've really connected with other people and we're like wow we should really I feel like we should really yeah. share. This. Yeah. Um, and the, the things that we've, you know, you can always go down two different paths when you go through such horrible experiences. You can go yeah. down the negative path of like, why me? Why me? You know, my life's yeah. so horrible. Or you can be like, you can have your cry for that week and then be like, all right, you know what? Like, I'm just going to get on with this and I want to be bigger and better and stronger than ever before. Yeah. And that's exactly yeah. what both me and Zana have done. And then now we've met and we're just like these strong, independent women who just know what we want in life. Yeah. And we want to just do this podcast to just inspire people and yeah. just like be like, you know, you're going to get your heart broken most likely because everyone does. Everyone does. A hundred percent. Everyone does. Everyone, yep. <laughs> every nurse we meet seems to have some horrible heartache story. And I get so proud when I meet another travel nurse that's gone through that like horrible heartache, but yet mm. they've done this amazing journey of being a travel nurse and, and getting totally out of their comfort zone. Yeah. And I'm like, damn girl, I'm so proud of you. And I want to, I want to give that courage to do that. Yeah. And yeah. I think especially yeah. for this generation of midwives and nurses, like a lot of the young girls where I work are all getting married and having babies. And I'm like, yeah. hold up. <laughs> Yeah. Like, can someone please listen to me? I have some advice for you. And <laughs> but, next, next minute, single, yeah, single mama, next minute, you, know? you know, I was in a relationship and married for 17 years and I got a divorce. Like, yeah. And part of my divorce and the empowerment of that was me saying, I've had enough. I'm not settling. We're like, wait till your kids are older. I'm like, no, then my kids learn that settling is okay. And I think it's really great that you two are getting out there and doing a podcast about not just your nursing, but everything you've gone through to get to the point where you're at and what makes us be caring human beings. Like it doesn't take just anyone to do what you're doing and to do it whilst you're traveling. Also like how many times do you hear when I, you know, tell the people that I'm traveling, nursing and stuff and they're like, oh, but oh, I'd wish I could do that, but I'm so scared to go somewhere new. Oh, and what if you, you know, what if you don't know what you're doing or you you don't like the people or, you you know, and I'm just like, well, who cares? Most of the time you're there for such a short time, like it doesn't matter. And, of course, they're not going to expect you to come in and know where everything is and, you know, how they do everything. You've just got to be up there and be happy to be like, hey, sorry, where's this? Where's that? What do you guys do for this? I love it. Like, I love making like a really positive experience in a new workplace like i'm i know i'm a hard worker and i actually love being in a new environment i'm like okay let's do this team let's do this i get so excited about that like in bernie like that hospital was so busy my orientation was a whole day and it only lasted three hours because they were so understaffed and i said mate just put me on the floor i was like i'll just learn as i go and they were like really i was like yeah bring it and i was on the floor and i was just like fucking hell where's a urine jar like where's this I hear ya. I didn't even get an orientation. I literally didn't get an orientation. And then now, because I've been there so long, everyone forgets. And I still, I'm still like, oh, wait, what? You do what? And they're like, oh, how do you not know that? And I'm like, well, I've never had an orientation. I've just been working things out myself. Just bloody winging it, man. 
I she know. tells me and I'm just like, oh, my God, I would, I couldn't do that. Like, I'd need orientation. No, see, I think agency nursing is like being professional, being professional, like winging it. The basic skill of your job is pretty much the same. You know, for me, like, you know, catching babies, looking after postnatal women, like that basic, you know, skill doesn't change. It's just like the little fluff stuff around it, like policies that they have or how they like things done. And yeah, your background was is ICU or ED? I'm ED. Yeah. Uh, do you find that you still, apart from the correctional one, do you generally always go for ED contracts or have you kind of been like, whatever, like I'm an ED nurse, like I'm hardcore, I can pretty much do everything? That's quite different. So I actually started in recovery when I started um, agency nursing and I got a job in a hospital and my agency consultant said to me it was a recovery contract. I got there and they said, oh no, you're everything in theatre, you're Scrub Scout recovery. And I was like, oh, okay, I'm very limited. I'm very junior in a Scrub Scout role. And I told the hospital this when I got there and they're like, that's fine. It was a very small hospital, so it was fine. But then I made kind of a network within that hospital and I made some good friendships and I actually approached the numb of ED and I said, look, I really want a career progress and I really want to learn emergency and I find it really difficult in the cities. Um, how would you feel about taking me on for an agency position? Because you're always seeking agency roles and teaching me and I promise I'll, I'll do my best. And she was like, you know what? You're a really hard worker. Um, let's do it. And she signed me for a six-month agency contract and I got free housing and everything and I got to learn oh, ED wow. as an agency yeah. nurse and I got to progress out of that recovery role into ED and I just, I thrived and I loved it and I was so like, the doctors, because it's such a small town as well, like I would ask the doctors a million questions and they would always accommodate me and be like yep this is why this and this is why this and there's still so much I need to learn but even in Burnie Hospital for example I said to them I'm like look I'm really junior when it comes to ED and they're like that's fine that's fine you know come along and I just I loved it I absolutely loved it I learned so much so there's a lot of career progression that you can do as agency I love that because so many times people have said to me as agency, they've kind you know, apart from the good side, you also get the negative side where people are like, well, how are you going to, you know, like develop your skills? How are you going to learn anything? And it's just like, oh my God, you have to learn so much because you just have to be like thinking on your feet all the time. I'm an emergency nurse. I'm kind of like, well, yeah, I feel like I am. I've worked in three hospitals now as an emergency nurse. And I truly do feel like an emergency nurse, but I'm definitely not in a senior role. But um, I'm always very truthful when I do contracts. And they're just so helpful to have another staff member. And I say to them, I'm a hard worker. And they're always like, yeah, cool. Even Alice Springs were like, yeah, bring it. Come on. I don't think midwifery is as accepting of people saying, I don't know how to do that. I know one of the other agency midwives who works at my hospital, she hasn't actually done midwifery since she was a student. So she did her like course and then went and went and did maternal child health nurse. And then so she came down here and she was like, I haven't ever worked in a hospital. I, you know, I haven't done birthing or anything. And everyone was so great. And it's like, yeah, we're teach you, we're teach you. And yeah, and she's just doing fine. Territory versus rural is very different. If you don't know something right and they do, they have, um, I don't know, a higher power above you. They're like, oh, I'm better than you. <laughs> I know that. Where when you're in a rural setting, a smaller town, everyone mm. helps everyone. And that's why when you're doing agency contracts, they have to be in that personality trait because you have yeah. to teach agency staff. And, like, that's why I've learnt so much doing travel nursing because I would crumble in a tertiary setting. If I don't know something so basic, like, 
and they make fun of me, I'll be like, what the hell? Like, yeah. why are you yeah. being like that? But I've definitely found like in these smaller hospitals, you're here and then the staff are so grateful. They're like, oh my God, this is so great that you chose to work here. Whereas I remember doing agency shifts. So I would pick up a lot of agency shifts in the hospitals in Melbourne and quite often they'd be like, oh, agency, like you probably know nothing. Like you just be really shit because you work agency and I'd be like, oh. You get double the pay that I do. So why don't you go do it? We've had that before. That does suck, but also, like, people have the choice. Like, no one is making them stay in these jobs. <laughs> I always help, but when people say comments like that, I'll dig at them back, like, 100%. Like, <laughs> yeah, nice, nice. I'm like, yeah, mate, I've got my five patients and I'm always willing to help you, but I'm not going to have that stab. Yeah, 100%. Well, so what is next for you guys then? So I guess you said you're, like, setting up your home base in Brisbane and then when you're planning on working contracts, like working contracts away or sort of around the Queensland, Brisbane area? Well, we're going with the, the COVID flow is what we call it. Um, and every border around us is actually shutting. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. We're going to stay in Brisbane and we'll do some metro work. And then about a month or two, we'll do some contracts. We yeah. love Harvey Bay. Oh, my God. There's contracts here and we're here right now. And it is beautiful. Amazing. Oh, so pretty. I actually cannot wait to get to some sunshine beaches. Yeah. Oh, yes. Amazing. It feels like Bali. Like, oh. Yeah, well, we're wearing dresses today in the middle of winter. It is amazing. What? Have you had any sort of real um, accommodation fails where you, like one of the other agency nurses was telling me when she first came to Hobart, you know, they put her in this apartment and she said, oh, and she pulled back the bed covers and the bed was like full of ants and it was like disgusting. And I was like, oh my God. Wow. No, I've never had anything like that. Mine have always been so great. No, I've been lucky. I mean, sometimes it's like, you know, a tiny little room, a little single yeah. bed and like, whatever. Yeah. I'm just grateful for anything. It's free accommodation, mate. Like, Enjoy yeah. it. I mean, I wouldn't want ants in my bed, but I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We did, we did get a ma- we did have a mouse here the other day, but um, it's just a mouse plague yeah. around. There was mice everywhere, mate. Yeah, coming out of the keyboards and everything. That's crazy. That's what the owner of the apartment said to me because I texted him. I was like, "Oh, there's like a mouse running around here," and he's like, "Oh yeah, they're just everywhere." And I was like, "Okay," but yeah, <laughs> but I was like, "I can't complain too much. I've got free accommodation. Like, it's not that bad." So yeah, it's not yeah. that bad. No. Well, it has been. So such a pleasure talking to you ladies for the people who want to follow you hit us up tell us where they can find you um on instagram we are the.nourish.nurses and you can also find us on facebook as the nourish nurses and www.nourishnurse.com.au and that's where we are all links are on those pages and on our website we've got all our blogs and travel tips Oh, and like our that. podcast and our podcast your gin up everyone can go follow it already which should be great yeah and next yeah. week we've got a really amazing guest speaker one of my close friends that I've made during um, travel nursing and we're going to talk about dating life while you're a single agency nurse you know Ooh, in your that's a good one about nice. your sex life as well in, as an agency nurse and we're also going to talk a little bit about her diagnosis of alopecia alopecia yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. she's actually got that diagnosis so we're going to have a little bit of an educational part of it but you know a lot of the conversations going to be about dating and sex okay well that's much more fun but I will um, I will tag all of your things but I did just want to say have you found that the agency nursing world is really small like I've already found two people yeah. that I work with who both know Laura even though she's in like a different state 
so, so, so small. So you've got to be careful because everyone knows everyone. All right. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for coming on to chat. And I will tag all your pages for people to follow. Shoot us a message on our Insta, Head On View Podcast. That's us. Yeah. And otherwise, we will see you next time. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. And be sure to tune in next time for more laughs, thrills, and real stories from real midwives on Head On View. I didn't know it was still recording.